You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hooray! Delicious Volume 1, Life Tastes Good, is finally at Amazon United States. What is delicious, you ask? Imagine a land where all your favorite foods live as human girls. Here in charming a la carte, under the floating city of heavenly delight, we meet Ramen, a young cook trying to run a restaurant with her family of pastas as they end up in all sorts of wacky adventures and hijinks as these strong, eccentric characters pursue their dreams and passions. Delicious is a beautifully drawn comedy series, which is now finally available to buy in the United States. Click on the banner on one of us, order today, and join in the fun now, because Delicious Volume 2, Yum Yum Yum, is coming really soon. A perfect gift for your child, or those of you who are forever young at heart. One of us strongly recommends this one. Everybody. Welcome to the Screener Squad. I'm with TC and Kim today, and oh my god! <laughs> All right, it's Hold cursed. Hold on, Hold on a screw this. Kim, get this chat out of here. Get this chat out of here. Bring me in another chat. Get him out of here. There we go. All right, Kim, let's roll in a new chat, please. There we go. All right, uh, hold on a second. Let me just uh, export memories, wipe, and click. <clears throat> Kim, don't say anything. Shh, shh, shh. Hey, Chad, we're ready. Hello, welcome to this episode of One of Us. Okay, I'm done with that. Hey, guys, did you watch They Clone Tyrone? I did. Did you like it as much as I did? Loved it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like like a a good uh, throwback to like a blaxploitation era and also a sci-fi thriller comedy. It's kind of got everything. This was a limited release, I think in June. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It had a very limited theatrical release back in July and we were supposed to review it then. And then all of a sudden it just ended up on Netflix. And then two months later, now we're reviewing it. So, (laughs) Hey, I, I am, I am disappointed that this didn't get a larger response. Yeah. Uh, like I, I remember seeing an ad for it and then it disappeared. So when you hit me up and asked if I wanted to review it, I was like, oh, yeah, that, that looked cool. And it is very cool. I, you evoked black exploitation. I, I think uh, narratively, yes, but stylistically, no, it is not. Don't think you're coming in to watch some crappy grindhouse here. This thing is is some top notch filmmaking. And we got top notch uh, actors in it, too. You know, John Boyega. Jamie Foxx, Kiefer Sutherland's in this. Yes, don't forget Monica Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> and then even uh, David Allen Greer yes. <laughs> comes in at the third act here. So the basic plot of this is Fontaine lives in the Glen. He's a drug dealer. 
kind of seems like the drug dealer with the heart of gold. You know, he's like just making money to make the money, but he also helps people in this community. Mm-hmm. He hits up a pimp who's played by Jamie Foxx, uh, Slick Charles, for some money that he owes him. Goes back to his car and he gets killed by a rival gang leader. Wakes up the next day and he's okay. Doesn't really know what happens and kind of goes along with his day. Goes back to Slick Charles to get the money that he thinks he still needs back. And Charles is like, uh, I saw you're you dead, die. bro. I saw you yeah. die. <laughs> you're dead. And then Yo-Yo, who is the prostitute, she comes in and the three of them basically are on a Scooby-Doo mission to find out. Hey, show some respect. It's Nancy Drew, baby. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, they're. I guess they're way more competent than a Scooby-Doo mystery. <laughs> but either way, has all the hallmarks of what you would want in a movie like this, but also the subtext of... You know, shit that America has dealt with for a while. You know, there's there's uh, Tuskegee experiments come to mind mm-hmm. with a film like this. And that that's just the most famous. Ex- the exploitation of them, yeah. To see uh, a movie like this kind of take that idea and turn it on its head and like, OK, there's clones out there. And they're just here to basically pacify us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as far as the cast goes. I don't know how you guys felt about Jamie Foxx and Tiana Paris playing the pimp and the prostitute, but my first thoughts um, seeing them in the hotel room, they're introduced during a fight in a hotel room, and I did not fully find them believable as these characters, but I eventually got over that because I realized they're not really meant to be real world believable. They're meant to be these exaggerated stereotypes of those characters. And then it mm-hmm, brought me back mm-hmm. in. And I think it lost me because Tiana Paris is just so clever. And I wouldn't really associate somebody who's beautiful and clever as being a prostitute when there's so many other <laughs> options. So that immediately kind of took me out of the film. But because they they have good um, chemistry with each other and they play really well off of each other. As far as like being kind of the two comedic reliefs in the movie, I was Mm -hmm. sucked back into their performances. A performance that I never wavered on was John Boyega's. He is just a solid actor. And every time, I mean, I've loved him ever since Attack the Block when he was, you know, this came out about 12 years ago. I will forever go back to that movie whenever I see him and tell people, if you have not seen this movie, you have to see that movie. As a young Mm -hmm. actor... He gave it his all, and he really brought dimension to a character that could have easily been flat. And I think he, mm-hmm. he's continuing to do that again with this character, um, Fontaine. Fontaine, you know, he's your typical uh, ghetto drug dealer kind of character who's really kind of rough around the edges. But he actually has a lot of depth to him. He cares about his family. He cares about the people a- around him. And he does, even if it's just a small gesture, like pouring a little bit of his 40 ounce beer into a homeless man's cup, he'll do a a little (laughs) something small like that. And it just shows that he actually does have a really um, deep heart and he is compassionate. But because of the circumstances that he was raised in or cloned in or (laughs) whatever the circumstances, he, (laughs) he has to appear tough and kind of ruthless to be in the drug dealer game. And John Boyega in this film actually plays four different versions of himself. So he, obviously he's cloned. So we see a couple of his clones. We see um, him playing different kind of uh, 
character uh, molds. Like one of him, one of his clones is a scientist, so we get to see like smart John Boyega, and then the other <laughs> one's a drug dealer. And then you know, there's another one that we meet a little bit later in the film. And each one of them, I feel like, had were very distinct in his performances. So really. This review for me is just going to be me fangirling over John Boyega because he is just <laughs> phenomenal. And I think he should be a replacement for Jonathan Majors as King the Conqueror. If it gets to that point where he needs to be replaced, I just he has that range where he could play a similar role as King with um, him having like multiple, you know, personas mm-hmm. throughout the years. So they, oh, that's, this that's, is, that's this my is audition tape for that. Yes, this is my <laughs> audition for sure. And he has my vote. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I am a huge John Boyega fan as well. I honestly think that Force Awakens and the Star Wars trilogy and Pacific Rim were sort of disadvantaged. They did him dirty in all of those films. Career. They did not utilize yeah, his yeah. talent in any of them. He was an afterthought at, at best. Yeah, because Attack the Block is a spectacular movie. And we saw a movie with him earlier this year, Breaking. Uh, the um, He's in The Woman King. Like His independent film stuff is so much better than his mainstream film stuff. And this guy is immensely talented. And it's just, it's just uh, Detroit. He was in that, and that was excellent. Uh, Naked Singularity was another indie movie that's sci-fi weird, that he also is the lead. He is the star. And I think it's amazing to, to see Jamie Foxx playing this supporting role to him. I think a younger Jamie Foxx would probably be perfect to play this lead role, but having him play second banana to John Boyega, and, and and you're right, Kim, balancing something that's rather cartoonishy versus John Boyega's very grounded character uh, is is a little bit of a, a shock at first, but as the story starts settling in and you realize why they might, uh, why the pimp and the hoe might be acting the way they are, uh, it's sort of like, oh, retroactively, I now understand why this was so cartoonish. <laughs> Exactly. And I also really enjoyed how ambiguous the time period was um, for this film, because Jamie Foxx's character, when I saw him, I was like, oh, this is 70s, where this is like a 70s film, maybe like maybe 90s. And he's just like slow to catch up with the fashion of the times. But then they were so there were a lot of characters like him and even um, Yo-Yo, Tiana Paris's character. Uh, she had a very interesting way of dressing as well, where I thought maybe she was 80s or 90s. But then they're referencing like Obama being president. Oh, but they also have beepers. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they're, yeah, they're yeah, using yeah. all of these different technologies from like the last 40 years. So that was kind of a, a cool just fun element to, to catch little Easter eggs of like, ooh, maybe it's this time, maybe it's that time. But then, no, there's a beeper, and it's like, okay, I give up. It's it's all the times. <laughs> to its advantage. I think that the movie sort of being displaced from time allows certain contrivances and disallows other ones. Like, oh, well, we can have a cell phone, but cell phones won't be the end-all, be-all solution, right? Like, we can call our friends, but we're not going to just be videotaping everything. So there's some fun... Uh, anachronisms within this because I, yeah, I came as well. I thought, wait, what time period is this? And eventually again, settled into the oddity of this movie and was like, you know, I don't care. I, I, whatever it is. I love, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Chad, how did you feel about 
the adventure of the film? Like, how did you feel about the pacing, about kind of the stakes that the film had? I mean, I thought the pacing was really good. I, I know you guys had some trouble with the characters in the beginning. Teeny some tiny. of them. Teeny tiny. Teeny tiny. Teeny yeah, tiny. yeah. Sorry, I shouldn't Me, say like Kim, you hated it. Kim hated it. I liked it. Yeah, I was okay, confused, okay, okay. but I grew, it grew on me. I never hated it. I know, I know, I know. I, th- I think once the the plot really gets going, like once they go down that first elevator and you really like you start getting the and then when they're at the fast food joint, too, and all the people are laughing mm-hmm. and Slick Charles is the one that figures out like. You know, something's in the chicken. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I loved I loved the fact that all the white people in this had the afros. And <laughs> was that supposed to be that they were like assimilated? No, they were That's... genetically modified. Gen- yes. Okay, yes. All right. I all think right. yes to both, honestly. This film is really cool because it'll show you things like that, like this white man with an afro, and you'll see a you'll see multiple characters that look similar to that, but they're on the side of the bad guys, quote unquote. So you don't really know what's going on until the last probably 10 minutes of the film where everything's explained and you're like, oh, that's why these white men had afros. Okay, this is coming (laughs) together for me. (laughs) And this is such a cool science fiction movie without ever being... I'm going to compare it to Cabin in the Woods. Or Cabin in the Woods, you think you know exactly what it is based on the pastiche of a slasher movie, but then they keep going underneath that and they show you this science fiction-y men in black type corporation. This is similar, but take away like the slasher tropes and add in, uh, you know, Chad, you evoked black exploitation, adding in urban sci-fi and then having futurism underneath that. It's this really cool clash of of genre styles. I did love the adventure of the film and getting to, there were a lot of twists and turns throughout it. And I felt like every kind of red herring or curveball that was thrown at us or reveal, I was on the edge of my seat. Like, Oh my God, I can't believe that's, that's what's happening with this. And I have to mm-hmm. find out why, what is the motivation? What's the reason? Why would you clone um, specific people in the neighborhood? And, like, what's the motive? So I, I had fun with the adventure all up until the end where we find out the motive behind it. And I'm still I've listened to so many ending explain YouTube videos because I'm still so confused about the ending. <laughs> and because I'm confused, I've decided I don't like it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh no. Wait, you mean wait, you're talking about the very last scene? The the very the scene where the the quote unquote villain of the film says this is this is why I've done everything I've done. I mm-hmm. I okay. under okay. and don't get me wrong, I understand what he's saying. I just don't understand how he got from point A to point B. Like, okay, this sure. was the problem, this was my solution. I'm over here mm-hmm. thinking, okay, so you're a genius who can clone people. And this is what you decided to do with that? Okay. Um, okay. I, I guess I took it as anybody can be susceptible to different situations or, you know, be bribed with whether it's money or power or whatever. To me, it seemed like he he went down the wrong path, like he was guided down the wrong path. But he's like so set in his ways, like this is what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't I, I don't blame you for not liking that plot point because it's. It was a little rough. And then I thought, actually, the thing that upset me more, and again, I like this movie, the thing that upset me most about that 
scene is the code word and just how it's how taken it, care yeah. of. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like, all right, well, I guess. The, but The adventure to get there yes. was so much more enjoyable than the answer because this is a movie yes. of mysteries. And basically every 15 minutes they answer a question but find two more two more questions. And that makes a great energy. That makes for a great suspense. Uh, that's probably, let me try it. That gives this movie great energy. It gives it good suspense. And I'm with these characters because I'm like, yeah, why is this? Oh, cool. But wait, why that? Oh, let's figure that out. So the journey up to the ending is excellent. And, and I'm, I'm kind of with you, Kim, where you get to that final exposition dump about the why. And, and like mysteries that are so complex like this. I'll use the show Lost as an example. The answer will never be as good as it could be without ever answering it. And I think once they directly said, this is why X, Y, and Z, it's it's almost like, oh, well, that's not enough. But on the other hand, it was so fun to get here that this escalated in such an interesting way that these three characters, specifically Fontaine, I'm, I want to see where this goes. So, yeah, I uh, but maybe 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 they thought, well, maybe we could franchise this. <laughs> so if we don't answer all the questions sequel, I do not know why this didn't get more attention, because this is a very excellent movie. Despite the this criticisms we might have for how this concludes, and it's not even necessarily the conclusion, but essentially the, the falling action of the movie. Despite those criticisms, this is a very cool movie. The cast is outstanding. It's It really is great to see John Boyega in yet another excellent leading role. He is a leading man. He, I, I, he has my oh, yeah. vote. He has my vote for Kang. Let's, let's, if it, if Jonathan Majors doesn't work out, John Boyega is right there waiting to be tagged in or cast him as Johnny Storm in Fantastic Four. That's just my fan cast. Jamie Foxx, top form here. Uh, Tiana Paris, uh, she's a damn chameleon, uh, playing a character so unlike Monica Rambo. Uh, it's excellent. I, I'm a big fan of hers. This script is smart and funny. And if that wasn't enough, Jewel Taylor, who directed this, he directed the hell out of this movie. I, I didn't mention this yet, but there are f- scenes in this movie that are one continuous shot. Many scenes oh. in this whole movie are such technical achievements. And that that takes a slick, smart director to move the camera and block the actors. That's Spielberg level of skill right there. I'm not saying this is a Spielberg movie, but I'm just saying the the willingness and the ability to let your actors just play five minute scenes out while moving the camera amidst the blocking. That's that is really cool. It takes a deft hand to do that. So I'm actually going to forgive Jewel Taylor for writing Space Jam Legacy. So good for him on that. But I did I. I dug this. I dug this a lot. And I am going to be telling my sci-fi friends, you got to watch this. This is really cool. So I'm going to give They Clone Tyrone an eight and a half out of 10 sex dungeon mint chocolate chip bukkake shits. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's hard to follow, but I will go ahead and say that, yeah, I, I really love this movie as well. This is... In potentially going to be on my top 10 list at the end of the year. Um, I know we've got a few more movies coming out, but I really enjoyed the cast. I think it's a movie that is very rewatchable for all of the Easter eggs in the background. And to me, whenever I am considering considering if something's a good movie, I, I'm thinking to myself, will I, would I sit down and watch this again? And I have sat down and watched this three different times with three different uh, people because I was like, we, you have to see this. So we're going to sit down and watch it. And I'm going to watch 
you watch it <laughs> because um, I, I need everyone to love John Boyega as much as me. So I'm just trying to convert everybody. And um, yeah, it was super fun to just see uh, Jamie Foxx be in a role where he did not annoy me because unfortunately, Jamie Foxx is one of those actors where if he isn't directed well, he can become very... Uh, just grating on my nerves <laughs> but in this film I thought he did he had a really good balance and I actually laughed at a few of his jokes so that was awesome he also had a really good style I liked his fro it was nice and I mean <laughs> Tiana Paris's fro was legendary one day I aspire for my fro to grow up to be like hers and <laughs> um, other than that yeah I thought it was a good pacing a good mystery throughout the film um, I really have almost no complaints except for the ending. I also liked the way it was shot. They used some type of filter over the film in some scenes to make it like grainier. I thought that was a really interesting yeah, kind of yeah. uh, style choice for them. And not in every scene, uh, but they did color grading in other scenes. It was just really interesting. It was a, it was a fun film to to watch on a lot of different levels. Um, and also just as a black person, I love that they threw in a lot of things that were very synonymous with like stereotypical black culture and how the, the bad people were using these things to kind of get in, um, black people's minds like fried chicken grape drink uh hair relaxers all of that type of stuff i was like yes i knew all that was evil well not the fried chicken but everything else <laughs> so just as a person like that and i felt like anytime a movie has these little like uh inside jokes for for somebody like me uh i i always enjoy that it's like a little nod to the fans watching it but i think it obviously can be enjoyed by anybody from from any background any race so that's also great i'm gonna give this film an eight out of ten distant mothers it would have been a nine but i just cannot get behind that ending i just i'm sorry <laughs> i dug and you touched on this just now kim like the color grading that they did for certain scenes and the fact that it's ambiguous even though there's a couple of uh you know notes that were given that it's current times but like this does look like something out of the 70s with the way it's art decorated and the costuming and you know the types of cars that they got for the final uh battle like a lot of uh heart and soul went to this and everybody is on their a game beginning's a little slow but it's for a reason like there's a scene before Fontaine is murdered like it's what it felt like three years in that car with him mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, but it was probably more like a minute and a half but it's just this shot and all you're hearing is the people that are going to come jump him and shoot him and he's sitting there and he's thinking of his options like again that's the testament to Boyega as a character like he you can see him going through like what is he going to do without him saying anything it's all emoted. It's all in his movement, his body language. It's it's great. I also liked uh, his uh, uh, relationship with the kid. Yeah. It was kind of like his like little narc for the neighborhood. <laughs> Junebug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giving Boyega, who's obviously a leading man, which we've established, just more to work with, just makes this film better. This could have easily just been like, you know, we'll, we'll cast some famous black actors and we'll just go through the motions. And this would have been another Netflix thing. That's the thing that bugs me about this is it's a good Netflix movie. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> which, which makes me wonder why is it on Netflix? <laughs> and why? Either way, <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Probably going to be in my uh, top ten for the year. Yep. Although nothing is better than Slother House. Just want to let you know. <laughs> different review. Different review. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to give this eight and a half out of ten. Uh, giggle chickens. Giggle chickens. I could go for some giggle chicken right now, if I'm being honest. Slather it in some sauce, throw it down my gullet, and num num. Is that, is that where we're going to end? <laughs> no, we're not. No, that's because not. you obviously didn't like no, it. That's, I, did, so. I, I didn't know if Kim was going to chime in and tell us we're fools. I don't know. <laughs> no, I quite enjoyed your foolishness. 